0: Welcome to another Macquarie Life Church podcast. We hope you enjoy this message.
1: We've got a great morning for you this morning. We've been talking about setting out and I wanted you to hear stories from one another about setting out. You know, sometimes God speaks to us and we set out. Sometimes circumstances happen and we are actually forced to set out. And sometimes in the, few, in the past, Mark Zare has come and tapped people on the shoulder and said, I want you to set out. And sometimes we set out and the setting out doesn't look like we thought it would look. So we've got three stories today. Uh, vulnerable stories, raw stories, but beautiful, magnificent, to God be the glory stories. That was very good, Ross. Um, so we've got Shannon. Wendy and Matt they've got eight minutes each so first of all let's give Matt Shannon sorry Shannon a really big welcome
0: yeah. Good day, church okay I've got eight minutes let's have a crack eh <laughs> okay, so this morning Ros has asked me to tell you about our journey, our Vanuatu journey. So about fifteen years ago, Mark came to me and he told me he said God has given me a word, and um, I believe that you guys are going to go to Vanuatu and to start a church. And so that was a, that was a that was a big one for me, and that was actually a really gutsy move for Mark as well. So he he heard from God and he did something about it and he knew that there was going to be a cost involved so here we go he said why don't you go away and pray pray about it so we thought okay we'll go we'll go and pray about it and see if we can get our own confirmation on this for ourselves and we went to vanuatu and we spied out the land and we came back and we said to mark i think mate i think you got it wrong i'm not sure that we're supposed to go to vanuatu anyway over the next couple of months we We'd, we we kind of searched God more about it. We said, God, is this really something that you wanted us to do? And we felt, over the next few months, He gave us a lot of signs, and um, we felt like that was it was the right thing to do. So we said yes to God, and we we stepped into this new journey that um, that He had for us. We sold up everything, we packed up our jobs, put things in a shipping container, and we just headed off. Okay, there's been lots of amazing testimonies from. Um, what we've done and you know we did church for the the first probably three years of that journey but we stayed for a total of 13 years now moving to Vanuatu was really an all or nothing deal for me I had to I had to cut it off I had to say right this is a finish of this season it's a new season so that was um, that was just something for me but I had to let go of the old in order to grab hold of the new and there was lots of things that were a part of this that I didn't know how they were going to work out. I couldn't speak the language. Um, I'd run a home group before, but I'd, I'd never, I've never preached a message, or I'd never, you know, I'd never been a pastor of a church or anything like that. So this was huge for me. I thought, I can't. How do I go about that? I didn't know about earning money. Um, I also had to trust God with my family's health because in Vanuatu, the health over there is very bad. You, you know. There's lots of diseases, heaps of infections. If you make it to 40 years of age, you're actually doing really well. Uh, If you make it to 50, they say, you, you want old fella (laughs) finis. So, yeah. So when we got to Vanuatu, these weren't just fears, it was daily things that we had to live out. And one of the faith battles for us was trying to share Jesus with people whilst we had lots of challenging things going on in our own lives. Um, Initially, finances were really really tight, so we had to send our kids to an international school. Sorry, to a a local school before they went to the international school. And the local school was—I mean, they were the only white faces there—and they were getting all sorts of, you know, diseases and viruses that were just in the community there from poor hygiene. And one day, the government decided that the Vanuatu needs to start brushing their teeth. But the And then they sent a memo out to all the schools. And then the problem was that they only had one toothbrush in the whole school. So I worked out really quickly what was going on while my kids were getting sick. Okay. So I wanted to proclaim God's goodness in our life to people as we were running this church. Even though we had the, the difficult stuff going on, you know, and that was a real struggle you know, um, I wanted to be an example of faith in action, you know, and I learned pretty quickly that a person's circumstances doesn't reflect his relationship with God, okay? We all know the story of Job, and I wouldn't say that our story was that bad, but at times it felt like we had those things going on. And at one point we had to spend almost a year back in Australia with our, our two youngest girls that, that had some medical issues, okay and during this time the church didn't survive okay and everything that we'd sowed into for three years was finished and this was probably a really low point in our journey um, i didn't understand why we had to go through this uh, a lot of people questioned us why why you know why has this happened um, but we still felt that god was calling us back to vanuatu even if we weren't running a church so this was huge for us to let go of the church and to actually do something else there in the community But the next season, it looked really, really different for us. Um, God allowed us to start a business. We employed lots of people. And financially, we were able to support ministries in in ways that we hadn't before. And I had the opportunity to fly into all the remote communities and do aid work and kind of use the skills that I'd been trained in in other areas. So that was really... I felt like God was using us in in different ways. Um, We got involved with a group called YWAM, most of you guys know YWAM, Youth Without Any Money, <laughs> and <clears throat> these guys, I loved them, but they would frustrate me, you know, but they were part of our world there, and we, we got involved with a thing called Marine Reach, where we actually, we, we had a yacht, and we put doctors on, nurses on board, and we went out through the islands, and we did medical outreaches, and it was fantastic, and they inspired me um, in new ways that you can serve God. Mm. Okay. The, love, the one thing I love about YWAM is, is they were trusting God for for everything. You know, they were constantly, you know, and I think that was something. It's nice to be around people that are doing that. So God has planted a new seed in us. I mean, for me, I've I've actually got a thing that's come out of that, maybe to purchase a ship and to go back out through the um, the islands and do these things in the future. So I thank God for that that seed that He's He's put in there. But one of the most amazing things, and finally. Um, was our family, um, Julie and I, and our friend, we were, were adopted into um, a family into Vanuatu. And this is a real privilege. Um, there's some photos there. Um, and it's a lifelong bond for us. And um, yeah, and that came out of just being in Vanuatu for such a long time of being uh, just, just following God, you know, on a daily basis. And we believe that some of the inheritance um that god had for us it came out of fulfilling one of these scriptures and the scripture was in matthew 19 29 it says for everyone who has given up houses brothers or sisters fathers and mother children and property for my sake will receive a hundred times as much in return and will inherit eternal life so god has been good to us i mean we've raised our children in a most amazing location you know on an island and um I believe that there's still more to come, you know, and the enlarging enlarging thing for us doesn't finish, doesn't stop there, Um, and the enlarging thing just might look different in the future. So thanks, guys. That's my story.
2: Shannon sharing about your fruitfulness and the way that God's used your gifts in all of that time that's um, sort of lines up with something I'm going to share so thank you um, in Genesis 41 verse 52 it says of Joseph the second son he named Ephraim and said it is because God has made me fruitful in the land of my suffering as you probably know Joseph's story but he was in prison and for about 12 years and pharaoh had a couple of dreams and it ended up that joseph he asked joseph to tell him what those dreams meant and joseph's response to him when pharaoh asked him in genesis 41:16 was it is not in me god not i will give pharaoh a favorable answer of peace so as you know joseph goes on interprets the dreams tells pharaoh what to do about the dreams pharaoh puts joseph in charge And then God made him fruitful in the land of his suffering. And we need to remember with that, it was God, not I. God gave Joseph the gifts. God gave Shannon and his family those gifts. God gave them the opportunity to use those gifts in the land of their suffering. And then he brought the fruitfulness, which ultimately was reconciliation with his family. So 1 Peter 4.10 says, God has given each of us gifts that we can use to serve others. And Romans 11:29 says, we will always have those gifts. So even if we're in the land of the suffering, the gifts don't disappear. We just have to wait for God to show us how to use them. And as Russ said before, sometimes the journey chooses us. And I guess that's what I'm going to speak about today. That happened to Joseph. I know it's happened to many people in this room. And it happened to our family, my husband, Ken, and our four children, Marshall, Charlotte, Victoria, and Alexandra. Here's a bit of a timeline of our land of suffering. 2011, our daughter Victoria, as three at the time, as most of you probably know, was diagnosed with a brain tumour. And that journey is still continuing today, over 10 years later. So where, you might ask, is the fruitfulness in this land of the suffering? As I prepared for today, I reflected on each of our family members, and there's been fruit in different ways at different times over all those years. And for me, I can see that there's been four different types of journey in that land of the suffering. So the first one is God needed to do some work on my soil, my heart. You know, back in 2011, I knew Jesus as my Lord and Saviour. I had known him for 15 years, but pretty much I was still running my life my own way so in this time my desperation for God to spare our daughter's life meant I had no choice but to grow closer to him firstly it was for what he could do he's a healer but then further for who he was I really started to understand what it meant for him to be my savior and that he loved me no matter what and the more I drew closer to him the more I understood about God not I then that moved into the second journey, where God brought out those gifts that he'd given me, um, writing and encouragement. In January 2013, I started writing a weekly blog. And do you know where I was when I started writing that blog? I was at Harry's house, which is a house provided by a charity for families of children with cancer. And our daughter was in the middle of chemo. And that was God's grace. God's grace using what I had in my hand, my gifts, a laptop, and Wi-Fi. (laughs) And um, from that came on some books and lots of radio interviews. In fact, I think the listening audience of all of those interviews was over 2 million people. So how is that possible in the land of the suffering? It's God, not I. So then we moved on to the third journey, very, very unexpected 2020, uh, beginning of September, I felt I didn't have anything to write about anymore. So I just laid all that down and said, okay, God, you know, I'm learning this God, not I business. And so I just laid it down. And then at the end of September, we um, heard this news that our daughter, the tumour in her brain was growing again. And I realised that this was just another time of God toiling that soil in my heart. He's going on another journey getting deeper revelation of that God, not I. There's also a journey for Ken and I. We started Bible college this year. I mean, who does that in the land of the suffering? Well, you know what? I thought about that, and I thought, I know someone else. There's probably many, but Lily Brown. Those of you who know Lily Brown, suffering Bible college. So God does do that. (laughs) So more heart work. And then Cubs journey four which I think is just a stepping out, starting in now. A new type of fruitfulness is coming. A gathering, um, using some leadership and discipling gifts that I have not used fully for a long, long time. And again, where am I when I'm using those gifts? Part of my role as life group department leader, I like to communicate every week to the life group leaders, amazing as they are. And where am I? Where am I when I'm doing that? Every Monday morning. I'm at John Hunter Children's Hospital in the Paediatric Oncology Day Unit, accompanying our daughter to her weekly chemo treatment. Sometimes in the land of the suffering, we have limited capacity. And so when fruitfulness comes in those times, we know that it's definitely God, not I. And Paul explains those benefits of our weaknesses and our times of limited capacity in 2 Corinthians 12.9, where he says, But he said to me, My grace, my favour, loving kindness and mercy is enough for you, for you and for me, sufficient against any danger and enables you to bear trouble manfully. For my strength, God's strength and power are made perfect, fulfilled and completed to show themselves most effective most effective in our weaknesses. Therefore, Paul says, I'm saying, anyone else who wants to declare this with me, therefore, I will more gladly glory in my weaknesses and infirmities that the strength and power of Christ, the Messiah, may rest. Yes, pitch a tent over me, upon me. So what are the fruits to come in this land of the suffering for me and our family? Only God knows We have a daughter who dreams of being a Paralympian. She watched all those Olympic trials last week, and there's girls there that she swum against that are already trialling for Tokyo, so who knows? But this I do know, that regardless of what season we're in, God can make us fruitful. And first comes that fruitfulness, the heart work, and then comes the external fruitfulness, the using of the gifts that he's given each one of us. And then we can testify that God has made me fruitful in the land of my suffering. All glory to God. Over to you, Matt.
3: So good. I just finished there. How great. So good, Wendy. Thank you. Shannon, I love that we get to share the stage today. You have always been a... A massive role model to me in, in the faith and your generosity and um, I often get surprised that I get asked to speak at things I just I'll give you an example the other night we actually um, was asked to talk at this marriage group and um, Sarah and I've been married for 12 years and we were sitting down preparing for it and I said okay let's do the love language thing yours is obviously gifts and quality time and she's like no it's not I'm like really <laughs> because it's words of affirmation I went, you're joking." And then I went, oh, okay, there we go. And I said, well, look, mine's words of affirmation. She goes, no, it's not. Yours is quality time and gifts. So... It does always surprise me to be asked to talk and I've been asked to just talk about the leaving the safety of a job and starting a business and I'm acutely aware that there are a lot of better business people than, than myself because um, I've only been on that journey for a couple of years. But I worked for a large disability organisation. I had the six figure salary, the company car and the title of a senior manager and all that and it was a safe place for me to kind of live out my working days. And have a great career in that. And I'd started pulling together some uh, (coughs) um, housing for people with disability in regional areas. And one of my friends said to me that I should really look at doing that for myself. And he was willing to invest into my business. Now, I didn't have a business at this time. We didn't have any buildings or houses or even people to go in them. We, We had some ideas. And what he was actually saying was he was willing to invest into me as a person. And that's what I love about this enlarged season and the enlarged offering that we have up there is we've got a picture of a building and an idea, but we're actually investing into people. And I believe that, you know, there are going to be people in that multi-purpose center that they're going to find Jesus for the first time. That, they're, that there are people who are going to be sitting in that cafe that we're going to build and something will flick in their minds and their hearts and their marriages are going to be saved because they're going to be in that building. So I just encourage you that around our offering, and I know Roz has done it, but I love it. It's not just an investment into a building, it's an investment in the people. And um, so that's what my friend did, he invested into me, and um, we actually sat down for dinner with him and also Darren Bunnell, who was here last week just before we kind of kicked off. and one of the things that he said to us was that, Matt, if this doesn't work out, if this business doesn't work out in 12 months' time, we will actually, um, we'll never ask you back, we'll ask you for the money back for the investment that we put in. So I just knew that God was in our business from the start. And But the year was 2017. And um, the real faith journey for me was not just leaving the safe job and career, but it was actually um, about... God, allowing God to do a work in my soul and enlarging that, and Psalm forty two eleven says this: Why my soul are you downcast? Why so disturbed within me? Put your hope in God, for I will yet praise Him, my Savior and my God. I love that verse. See, in my own life at that time, I'd let weakness and temptation in. I was in a great place spiritually, physically, mentally. Um, my marriage wasn't in a good place. At all, And I remember in the enlarged season in 2017, we, we, uh, Sarah and I um, responded to an order call down there. And, and Ros prayed for our marriage and healing and a hang in there and resilience. And just that we would um, put our hope in God so that one day we will praise Him again. And um, during that faith journey time, um, what God kind of did for me in starting the business, He just simply asked a couple of things of me. And that was just to fall in love with the church again. Just embrace everything about the church. Its faults, its great things, its its people, and that's what I just did. And um, so, phone call. As it says in the Psalm 42, you know, as the deer pants after water, so my soul longed after you, O God. And I just wanted to keep longing after God. And He asked me to to learn to be known by others, um, and and not just you know, the bravado stage me that you might see, but actually be really connected with my life group. Our connect group's great. You know, we have cried together, we've prayed together, we've celebrated together. But one thing that God kind of spoke to me was also be in church on your best days and your worst days. And I've been here on some of my worst days. And um, the third thing was that he, he, just, uh, he called me to become a contributor and help carry the weight. And at this time, we certainly had no money to do that. Um, and, and we'll put into offerings. But, you know, I believe that I've been blessed and now I am able to contribute to um, so many things beyond my wildest kind of imagination. Um, I love the enlarged season of this church. Uh, I have a business and Sarah and I probably stole the name of the offering for me. We call it Enlarged Living, um, our business, and it's just short to enlarge, but we call it Enlarged Living. And one of our catchphrases around the business is, the tagline is live an expansive life. And for us, at the time, it was actually the business name was a prophetic one, because we weren 't living an expansive life. Um, we were really confined by who we were and what were, the debt that we had and, and our resource and all that. But a friend of mine said to me, "What is your idea on kingdom and business?" as I just started off and I said, and I said, "I really have no idea i hadn 't thought about it I haven 't thought about the kingdom. I was that focused on myself and what I was trying to get done and just live life, but I thought if I'm going to start this business and whether it's a massive success or not, um, I just know it's going to be for kingdom purpose and I want it to be for a bigger life. And we've had the best time since we started this business. I often work at home, which is great for marriage. Sarah's there too. She's working as well on stuff. I'm not saying that in jest either. She does do stuff. Um, (laughs) But I also wanted to be a lot more generous than I could be beyond our own capacity and, and I believe and just let me know that God's provided it's not me at all and um, you know we've been able to support lots of great things that go on in this church and out of this church and in, even in our business we love supporting local churches wherever we have a footprint of our business we actually get behind a local church and support them as well in lots of regional towns um, but God's always tested me around giving and generosity is that as well and tested me the other day um, I was in Coles and there was this lady in front of me who was taking a long time because she'd forgotten her PIN number <laughs> and she tried twice and I'm like gee she's got to run out she's going to get it cancelled then she made a phone call and that person didn't know and so on am there going I'll be generous I'll just pay for her groceries it's fine because I thought that will actually speed up this process. <laughs> And I was feeling really good about myself. And then they went, are You sure? I said, Yes, that's fine, love. Let me pay for it. This is not her. I was saying to the this isn't. She goes, that'll be four hundred and thirty-seven dollars. I was like, Well, I can't back out now, can I? <laughs> but I love that. There's a verse which I I I love. And it's in Proverbs 27, 21. It says, Silver is tested by the crucible, gold is tested by fire, but people are tested by praise. And so I just, it really puts my ego in place when, when I kind of think of those kind of things about the people who are tested by praise. I've learned to enjoy the fruitfulness of my label and, and I just suggest to everyone, you know, celebrate and celebrate often. Sarah and I do that a lot. We we love just, you know, going out and, and taking family with us and, and doing those things. Celebrate and celebrate often. And um, in wrapping up, I just... Love that. This has been a season for us, but it was about putting our hope in God so that yet I will be able to praise him. And today in this service, in, in, in all things, I am able to praise God for what he's done for us. So um, thank you for um, listening. And um, we just, there's been some great stories, Shannon. I love how he said the big yes to God. Wendy fruitfulness in, in time of suffering and, and I just want to kind of quickly pray for a couple of people and um, in, that, in that space so if that's you why don't you just close your eyes and um, bow your heads and we'll give people a moment if that's you and you're, you're, you've got that big yes that God wants you to say to or if you're going to have to endure some suffering at the moment and you go God oh, where's the fruitfulness Why don't you just slip your hand up so I can just see that. And I'm going to just pray for you. Thank you down the front here, up the back, over here on my left. God's doing a great work in in enlarging people, enlarging you, enlarging your heart and your soul. Anyone else? Father, we just thank you that we can put our hope in you. Father, whatever the season, seasons of fruitfulness or seasons of suffering, seasons of hardship or stepping into a new season that you ask of us, God, we just thank you that we can put our hope in you. And God, we just pray for all these people who respond to God, you know what journey they're about to be on or have already embarked on. And We just pray that you just hold them in your hand. Give them hope so that they can continue to praise you through it, God, and know that you have come through for them through your faithfulness and your goodness in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Time's almost done, but we don't like to leave this um, church place without giving people just an opportunity to respond to Jesus. So we don't always do that in this service, but I'm just going to ask you once again just to close your eyes and bow your head. If there's anyone this morning that doesn't know Jesus or has been away from him for a while and wants to come back, we just want to give you that opportunity. Get your soul right with God this morning, if that's you. It says in John 10.10 10, that he's coming to give you life and more abundant life. And I know that when I surrender my life to Jesus, that he has given me a great life. But he came and he also forgave me of my sins, took away my shame. So if that's you this morning, you would just want to say, Matt, yeah, I want to come back to Jesus this morning. Or I want to know him for the first time. Give us a wave. No one else looking. Thank you, God. Thank you there. Thank you. God. Thank you, God. You're working people's lives. I'm going to pray. Join me in the prayer. If you didn't respond, that's fine. You can come and see me after the service. Dear Jesus, I just thank you you died on the cross for me and that you forgave my sin right there, God, that I can have a relationship with you, that you have a, a way for me, a journey for me to set out with, but you want to come inside my life and be a part of that journey. Oh, God, we just thank you today that you have made me a new person, clean, without shame, forgiven, and I'm ready to accept you in my life.